What's up, soccer players? Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. Um, today, we have a very special episode. We have a registered dietitian on the podcast, Ms. Jamie Cooper, um, who specializes in helping soccer players fuel their bodies for performance. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited. My gym equipment, you know, they come in. About to start building my own gym. It's happening and, faster than we thought. Whoa. Well, you know, I still had to wait like two weeks to get some of my stuff, but they come in. Mm. About to pick up. I, I was telling you, I was about to pick up Olympic lifting. And I, I'm excited for that. I already started working on some mobility work. My, my wrist. Okay. Yeah. My wrist still need, need a little bit. Bro, yeah, I'm looking at your wrist right now. You need a bit, yeah. You need a little. You need a little bit more. Yeah, (laughs) need a little bit more. But you know, we're working on that. Working on that. It's all about the 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 thumb grip, right? That's 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 what I that's what I learned on on YouTube, man. Okay, okay. I go on the right source. How about you, man? How you doing, man? I was telling you before this episode started up that um, we need to be sponsored by Apple. Joe Rogan's with Spotify. Apple's got to sign us up. We need 100 mil. 100 so mil. wherever y'all are, Cupertino, like send us that check. And we, we need to battle Joe Rogan. It's us against the world, man. <laughs> what but, I would do with 100 <laughs> mil is crazy. Oh, man. We'd be doing some big, big things. We could buy our own club, man. But uh, we'll talk about that on another day. Today is a very, very special episode. We have Jamie Cooper on the podcast. She is a registered dietitian working out of Tennessee. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show and tell us about yourself. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, So I am a registered dietitian. Uh, My background professionally, um, I've worked in WIC. I've worked in a gym setting with a variety of different types of chronic diseases. Um, Currently work in behavioral health. So I, in a day-to-day basis, deal with schizophrenia, depression, Mm. bipolar, um, all the way from adolescence to the geriatric population. So professionally, I've done, I do that on a full-time basis, um, but kind of where my professional dreams are, are working with soccer players, because I realize that um, everyone wants to be the best. We all, you know, I think as a kid, I strived to play professionally. And at the time that wasn't an option, but, you know, I knew I wasn't fueling enough to support the amount of work that I was putting in. And so I really, you know, want to be able to help the younger generation um, do that. That's good. Um, it, it, it's, it's funny. We don't see a lot of 
um, I'll say YouTube channel, Instagram pages folk, um, that focus on educating people about food. Because it's, it's such a, <laughs> like food has become one of those ta- taboo ta- topic now, just like, you know, talking politics on the Thanksgiving table. Like you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't say this food is good, you can't say this food is bad. You don't even know which is good and which is not good because, you know, you get, tons of misinformation out there and that's why i wanted to do the podcast with you today because you have a very unique perspective on uh, on on food i think one of the posts um that that you 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 put on instagram i think it says um you know i help female soccer player enjoy all food i said "Ooh, <laughs> here we go all food so talk to me a little bit about that like where where you getting why you using this approach on food? So, you know, in, in the five years of working with all different populations, I've learned that, you know, when we as human beings restrict ourselves from foods, you know, when we, when we say we can't have something, um, we actually end up telling ourselves that, a, you know, particular food. My favorite's donuts. Um, if I told myself, you know, I can't Please, have, please. I can't have, I know, a dietitian that loves donuts, like, <laughs> I love them. Um, but if you tell yourself, you know, I can't have them, they're bad, which you're actually reinforcing is that, you know, donuts are a reward, they're on a higher pedestal. So by not saying, you know, I'm not going to eat those, I'm only going to eat the good food. So like, chicken, broccoli, and rice. Um, When donuts present themselves, say at a family function or at a church setting or at schools, you know, you probably end up eating more than you would actually feel comfortable eating. You know, you kind of get stomach aches and stuff. So my approach is not that all foods are nutritionally the same, but when you treat them on the same moral plane, they lose their specialness. So then you find yourself actually eating in a way that makes you feel better and kind of helps you stay on track. So I'm all about sustainable. Um, And so when you kind of go on a diet and you take those things out that you like, um, you're, you're less likely to stay on that because you're not incorporating the foods that you like Mm. and i I feel like i've felt this personally where i remember a few years ago i went on a very strict diet for about three months and i i have a little bit of a pizza problem not gonna lie like that's that's just my thing and i didn't eat pizza for like three months and i mean there were i had it the results were were pretty good. Like I lost probably like 15, 20 pounds or whatever. But after that, I had pizza once a week for probably like, I don't know, six months. Like it was, it was a really big rebound. Cause like, I just feel like I was, I was missing something. So what do you mean by like, you can still have it? Like, can you expand on that? Yeah. So when I work with players, I work with finding foods, you know, a sustainable plan is something that incorporates foods that you enjoy while also just making sure that you're meeting your nutritional needs to support 
your growth as a human being, but also playing on the field. So when I work with players, I work with them to understand what foods they like, figure out ways to incorporate those foods. And that doesn't mean that right before they go and play a game, they go eat a bunch of candy or eat pizza, um, but trying to find ways that they can still enjoy it. And that may be, um, you know, after a game, or it may be on a Friday night when, you know, they're off, you know, they don't have a tournament that weekend. They can still enjoy pizza um, and, and, doing it in such a way that they don't feel like they're, they're missing out on anything. Okay. Sound bad. And you know, it's just talking about that. <laughs> and he said he, he entered this new phase of life where he doesn't do anything that he doesn't enjoy. <laughs> and I looked at him like, I don't know if life is like that, man. <laughs> but <laughs> have you seen um, the different side of that when someone has really, really, like unhealthy eating habits and and basically all the things are they enjoy they eat in excess really it's just breakfast lunch and dinner and it's just food that are really high in calorie um, not to say that it's really bad for you but it all depends on the situation right there, there are times where you need high calorie intake because you're about to play a game the next day but say you off season or you don't have any game and then you continue eating the same quality of food. Like is, have you run into that? Is that a problem? And how do you, how do you, how do you tell the person now that, Hey, um, you know, there's no bad food when really they, they, they on a different side of the spectrum and you want to bring, bring them down towards a balance. For sure. And I think, um, I think that's why it's important to work with, a professional, they don't have to work with me. Um, but I think it is important to work with um, a dietitian because everybody is going to be different. And I think everybody's relationship with food is different. So some people are very restrictive thinking that, okay, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to eat this way. Um, and that's not, that's not healthy. And then on the other side of, you know, the spectrum is, you know what, I'm going to eat whatever, you know, I'm going to eat all this, this pizza, because that's what I love. And I don't want that healthy food. Um, so it all comes down to like, how you want to play, you know, how do you see yourself if you truly want to be better on the field, there are going to be some changes because I don't think anybody is a perfect eater as a dietitian. I'm not. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be better on the field, that's what I help you with. I can show you, okay, like you tell me what you eat. How do you feel on, how do you feel when you're playing on the field? Truly like don't, you know, sugarcoat it. If you're feeling tired and you're feeling sluggish, which is often what I hear from players, you know what? Like your nutrition needs to be dialed in a little bit more. Does that mean you got to go and just eat broccoli and cauliflower and bland chicken? No but let's look at what's doable for you. And that may be, um, you know, not everybody likes to cook. So I work with them to try to find ways that, you know, if, if eating out is all you do, mm -hmm. then let's look at the places that you go to and eat and see, okay, let's, let's look at adding some of this in. And this is why this will help your body recover better. This will help your muscles repair quicker, you know, all that 
type of stuff. So it doesn't matter where they are on the spectrum. I meet them where they're at so that, you know, overall their game can improve. It's, it's interesting you say that. <clears throat> you say um, most, most people don't like to cook. Um, do you find yourself working a little bit more with, I know you have your full-time job, but on the side, what's the age group do you work with the most? Cause some people, if it's like high schoolers, they might not, have, they, they're not in control of what they cook at home. Now, how do you, how do you yeah. yeah. How do you provide your education when the parents making all the call, which is very hard. Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a good question because it's the parent's responsibility to buy the food. It's the player's responsibility to eat the food. Mm. So there's responsibility on both ends. And I always encourage my players. Um, I, I want their parents to be involved in the conversation because there's, why do they want to be better? If, you know, if they're wanting to really dial in their nutrition, then their parents have to be a part of that conversation. So that's majority of, of what I, I discuss with them. You know, if it's like a college player or, you know, a semi-professional player, like, you know, that's going to be, you know, a different conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's not, that's not hard for me to navigate, but the right people need to be involved in the conversation. Gotcha. Let's talk about college for a second, right? Cause we, we have a good amount of um, college and JUCO players that listen to the podcast and depending on the college you go to um, the resources that they have, they have all different sorts of um, places where they can eat and, mm -hmm. you know, going onto a college campus, walking into a dining hall, it's, like for a 19-year-old kid, that's open season right open there. Open season. So, <laughs> like, what, what can they do? Like, what advice do you have for them in terms of um, eating what they can, realizing the fact that, you know, they may be restricted to just two meals a day or something like that? Like, what advice do you have for them? Yeah, so at my college, I didn't have a dietitian. None of, none of our athletes had that. Um, so it was very much open season. Um, but the way that I teach my players is to use performance plates. So mm. as a dietitian, I can't tell anybody how much they need to eat. So like 2,500 calories, I can't tell somebody that because it really is dependent on the day, um, the type of activity, their gender, their size, you know, their, just their overall activity level. So I use performance plates because um, that's a really easy way for the player to be able to adjust their fueling needs. So like a low intensity fueling plate, you know, I just look at a standard plate and I cut it in half, half the plate needs to be, um, like fruits and vegetables. And I just call that color. You want more color on your plate on those low intensity days. Those are going to be your rest days. Um, so you want that color in there to help you know, fight inflammation. Um, and then a quarter of your plate is going to be carbohydrates. And then a quarter of your plate is going to be protein. So that's kind of the low, the rest day plate for many players. And I think that it's applicable, you know, if they're going to a cafeteria on their campus or whatnot. Um, the second one's going to be the medium intensity plate. And that's just, you know, a really helpful, that's like the baseline plate for any player. Um, to be able to adjust up and down. 
So that one's going to look like a peace sign. So that the carbs, protein, and the color. So like those fruits and vegetables, you just kind of make a peace sign with your plate. Put those, put, you know, put those, those food items on there. And then your hard intensity plate, that's going to be for like two a days. Um, like right now, I, what I'm hearing a lot of kids doing, um, they're training like two or three times a day on their own. So, um, you know, hard intensity, split the plate in half, half carbohydrates, quarter of the plate's going to be that color, fruits and vegetables, and then protein. So noticing that protein doesn't change much throughout. I see, see about the same. Yeah. And so the reason for that is, um, you know, I hear a lot from players that they're missing meals, you know, and that may not be lunch and dinner, but it's breakfast. Like they're not getting up in time for breakfast. And so they may eat more protein at lunch. And the research shows that when you spread protein out across, like throughout the day, um, it actually is broken down a lot better and used better for the body. So, you know, protein, protein needs stay the same. What changes are going to be your carbohydrates and your, I call color. Cause we want to get those, um, we want to get color on the plate. Call by you, by color means vegetable, vegetable, right? Different kinds of vegetables. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so like fruit, yes, technically is a carbohydrate, but um, just for visual color is just an easy way to to make sure that they're getting those vitamins and minerals that you know they may not get otherwise that's good information i'm taking notes right now this is good information um the performance plate part that's that's good information that's that's definitely way to approach it um and this is like throughout the day or before you go train so it's be it's going to be like throughout the day and that's why you know it's hard to say it's hard to make it a hard and fast rule for every single player. yeah um it's a very individualized approach and so you know while one player you know before their game you know might do a, you know a medium plate another player might need to do a hard plate you know they may need to you know and that's why you know, working with a professional is going to help dial it in more. Those are just really easy references to make sure that, you know, we're, we're not under fueling our body. Okay. I definitely had an under fueling problem. Like I would just skip lunch just to go play soccer. Cause <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to, um, cause they, the, the way we start playing pickup back when I was to be, when I, was in Haiti we we're playing they start a whole line and then everyone everyone goes to a different side and it just so happened uh, when they start picking up the team that's when it was time to eat so what a lot of us will do is we'll skip eating just so we could play <laughs> but we will play for like 45 minutes and we'll just die because like wow why am I so tired I didn't yeah. eat oh, <laughs> the last time I ate was like seven in the morning and now it's like one yeah, I think it's it it's so easy to underfuel regardless of of the player. I think everybody's been guilty of it at some point. Um and and even the good players can still underfuel, but understanding that if you're not eating enough to support your performance like 
you're not going to be able to concentrate or focus for very long. You're not going to be able to last in your game as long as you'd like to. And that can, that ends up hurting your performance. Like you're going to find yourself getting injured more frequently, like stress fractures. Mm. The players that get stress fractures often, like they're, they're not eating enough easily. Um, the people that are thinking about food 24 seven, if you're, if, if that's, uh, you laugh, but like almost every player I've talked to, like thinks about food 24 seven dreams about food 24 seven. So they definitely not eating. No, <laughs> they need to eat more, but you know, it's, everyone has a fueling plan, but not everybody's consistent with it. You know, the, the follow to is not always there. Even for me, like just like I have this part every time I go play or I go train, I come back with a huge headache. And then I just realize, oh, you know, I just play for like two hours and I didn't had a drop of water in me. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that. So hydration is something that um, earlier in my life I struggle with a lot in fact like i thought i had a medical issue when it was really just i wasn't drinking enough water every day um what tips do you have as to how much water per day people should be drinking how to make sure you stay hydrated things like that um that you know hydration has a lot of there's a lot of factors that go into it um the the weather you know the temperature as you know that you're training in um, you know, the amount that you're training, uh, really like I'm a, when I played, I'm a heavy sweater. I, uh, lost a lot of, you know, a lost a lot of sodium. So what my That's needs me. were are going to be very dependent on someone else. Yeah. So what people can do um, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to drink purely water, but majority of people, water throughout the day is going to be sufficient. If it's during a game, I always encourage some type of sports drink. So it could be, you know, Gatorade. You can make your own um, Gatorade at home. Like it doesn't have to be that brand. Um, but drinking some type of sports drink, sports drink during the game and then following it up with a sports drink or some water. Um, fruits have high water content. So it doesn't, you know, anytime you can get that color in, um, you're just getting a little bit more water. Soups may not be the most popular on a hot day, but, you know, during cold weather training, the soup is a really easy way to get hydration and to get, you know, some extra sodium um, in the diet. Wait, do you mean like doing halftime? Just pull out the soup? If you want. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, that sounds kind of like, good, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm down. The, the other team no. would not take you seriously if doing halftime, the, whole, the bowl of soup is just passed around. <laughs> Al Foros, whatever, man. Uh, no, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm always, you know, Soup, soup soup can fit um but that's just a really extreme like extreme no i know i know but, um but you know sports drinks you know people avoid them but your body needs that sodium if you're especially if you're a really heavy sweater your body needs that sodium because it actually um signals to the body that you need a little bit more so you're going to drink more 
So mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. Um, but drinking, you know, sports drinks throughout the day, kind of pointless. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Because okay, they, all right. I, it makes sense. Yeah. So I like, first thing, you know, a lot of, a lot of the players that don't drink enough, like first thing you do when you wake up, just hydrate the way that you can tell if you're, if you're doing well, like is by the color of your, your, it's gross, but it's the color of your urine. So when you first wake up, it's usually really dark means you need to get some, get some fluid in you. And then you don't want it to be clear. You don't want it to look like water. Um, cause that means you're over hydrated. So we kind of want that nice pale yellow, um, which means that you need to be like consistently, you know, sipping on something throughout the day. Now, one of the things I struggled with was um, like low blood pressure and sluggishness and things like that when I was younger. And it turns out it was like all hydration. Like I just wasn't drinking enough water and it's a big issue because like water is like the way the it's fuel that you eat circulates around your body. So yeah, your body is majority water. Like your muscles need it. Your brain needs it. And, you know, if you're getting low blood pressure, what that's telling me is your body is lacking sodium too. Mm. So, you know, it is, it's, that's, you know, it's, it's a balancing act, but you can tell and make corrections to things, you know, if you're feeling sluggish or you're feeling like, um, you know, you're about to faint, go ahead and sip on a little something, eat something. It's okay. Water is not, it's not, it's not a sexy thing. You don't see commercial about water. You know, players don't think about yeah, players don't think about drinking. Even I, I, to be honest, only after I got into and like PT school, and then I started being like really sort of like health conscious and watch what I eat and drink. But before that, I wasn't drinking water at all. Like, like I, I was more worried about what I eat. Like after I play my first thought was okay what am i going to eat now it wasn't about okay i need to rehydrate that that wasn't in my mind at all yeah i struggle with that even even as a dietitian i'm just not inclined to think about water like i can i literally could go probably the entire day without drinking something so i have to be very intentional about my hydration because it happens you know if i get a headache or i'm starting to get a headache i just have to think like well did i drink anything today and then you know, I have to set goals for myself. So it's, you know, I'm a human being. It's, we have to be intentional about hydration and fueling if we want to, you know, be better. Yeah, nowadays it's it's a lot easier to even do that. You know, have your cell phone, have like reminders to drink, to drink water. Yeah. All right, cool. We, we got a few minutes left here yeah, on the podcast. We got about three minutes left, Jamie. Um, do you have, let's, let's say, could you, if you could deliver a message to young soccer players around the world regarding nutrition, um, eating healthy hydration, what would that message be? I think understanding that nutrition is not, it's not a one size fits all approach. Um, it's not this black and white, um, do this, do that, you know, understanding that the messages that you hear, um, 
and then I see even on social media, like you have to, you have to take it in, but under, and still be able to filter out those messages to know how it works for you. Um, and not just consuming that message and saying, well, I need to, you know, I need to look, I need to, I want to play like Ronaldo. So that means I need to look like Ronaldo, like how somebody looks is, has nothing to do with their performance on the field and how you look as a player doesn't factor into your performance on the field. How you fuel your body, how you recover, um, your stretching, your warm up, like your rest days, the days that you are training, like all those things are, you know, are so important but they are not a one-size-fits-all approach. I think all athletes need some sort of self-awareness. I think they need to teach us how to be self-aware and how to know what works for us and what doesn't. Because that's a big thing, and that can help you later in life. Perfect. Jamie, and tell us, where can the listeners find you if they have any follow-up questions or they want to contact you at all? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at soccer.nutritionist. Um, you know, in my bio, you know, it says helping female soccer players. That's kind of my my niche, but I help males as well. So if anybody has questions, I am more than happy to answer them. Cool. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. We'll thank see you so much. You all next week. Thank you for the opportunity, guys. All right. Peace, y'all.